Hello, basketball world. It's Eric Gormley from PlaySite. Welcome to The Edge. Each week, we'll be bringing you interviews from the brightest minds and most interesting people in hoops, breaking down their careers, jobs, stories, and ultimately finding out what gives them the edge each time their team steps out onto the court. We hope you enjoy a behind-the-scenes look into each one of our guests. Let's get to the interview. Hi, welcome to The Edge podcast. I'm Eric Gormley, and on this episode, we spoke to Alan Arlt, founder of Ultimate Hoops and senior director of basketball operations at Lifetime Fitness. We talked about Alan's career in New York as an ad executive and his experience of playing in leagues all across New York City. We also talked about his move back to Minnesota, where he had a vision as a young entrepreneur of bringing a professional-level basketball experience to the recreational level, and what inspired him along his journey to creating this massive success that is Ultimate Hoops. And of course, the legendary pickup games at Lifetime Manhattan Sky Location, featuring the likes of LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Let's get to the interview. Welcome to The Edge. Uh, today we have Alan Arlt, the founder of Ultimate Hoops and his current senior director of basketball at Lifetime Fitness. Alan, how are you? Doing well, Eric. I'm impressed that you can pronounce my last name. Not everybody can do that, so great job. You know, I'm guilty of uh, watching a couple of YouTube videos before the interview here, um, just to make <laughs> sure I ace that. Perfect. Perfect. So uh, where are you currently right now, Alan? Uh, I'm in Minneapolis. More specifically, I'm in the Lifetime uh, Club within Target Center. So obviously all our clubs are closed right now. Our Ultimate Hoops HQ are actually in the Lifetime Target Center. Um, and I'm the only one here. So there is proper social distancing going on. Um, if you looked out that way, you'd see that the entire club and basketball court, it's super dark. Um, my wife is, says, you know, aren't you scared being there all alone? Is it like The Shining? And I said, no, it's actually, I feel like Bruce Wayne in like the Batcave. Like I have all these like cool toys around me and nobody can use them but me. So uh, yeah, I'm here in Minneapolis in UHQ, lonely and excited to get our team back. It sounds like if you really wanted to, you could probably get some shots up in the gym uh, if you're all alone. I do. I do. <laughs> love it. Nobody can see all, all my misses. I make every single shot. It's great. That's that's great. Um, so I definitely want to get to, to Lifetime and Ultimate Hoops and you know how you guys are handling COVID, but I want to backtrack um, all the way to you started playing hoops in high school when you fell in love with uh, basketball and how you ultimately came to develop Ultimate Hoops. Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll go all the way back as a, as a kid. You know, I was just a typical sports kid growing up in Minnesota. I grew up in a, a small town called Lakeville, about 20 minutes south uh, of Minneapolis, and loved sports right from the beginning. Played baseball, played football, played soccer. Uh, but the sport that really resonated me, with me out of the gate was basketball. Um, I just love the sport. I love the team sport aspect of it. I love the passing, the movement, uh, everything that came along with it. And I also really love the statistical uh, part of the game as well, the box scores. It's just outside of basketball, I just don't think there's stats uh, as rich as basketball, with, with the exception of maybe baseball. So I loved everything about the sport, the stats. Uh, playing the game, uh, played on uh, the La our Lakeville High School team, a really good team. We lost uh, one game before getting to uh, getting to the state championship. And, you know, I was uh, like most high school athletes who don't go on 
But in college, I was really distraught and depressed uh, when my high school uh, career ended. And chasing that feeling of playing in high school and being around my teammates and that sense of community and love that you have uh, is something that never left me. And it was something that I was really chasing, uh, chasing my whole life. And what, what position did you play in high school? I'm just curious. Uh, small forward, uh, shooting guard, small forward. So I, I was a really good shooter. I uh, wasn't a great defensive player, um, but, you know, it was, uh, that, was my, that was my role. Come in, shoot some threes, uh, and make sure our best players get the ball. Very nice. So after you graduated high school and, and college, you came to New York, I believe, um, Take us through, you know, what brought you to New York, uh, and then I think that ultimately led you to to the creation of Ultimate Hoops. Yeah, so I, I graduated from high school, Lakeville, uh, went two years at the University of Montana uh, as a journalism major in Missoula. Uh, loved writing, loved the journalistic uh, path that I was heading down for two years, but then I really took a creative writing class. Um, English class at Montana, and I fell in love with, uh, with English and creative writing. So I transferred back to the University of Minnesota, finished up my undergraduate work there, um, and then decided I wanted to, uh, wanted to move away from Minneapolis. And I wish I had a uh, real sophisticated uh, reason on why I moved to New York, but really I was influenced by uh, the show The Real World on MTV, I'm probably dating myself, but uh, their first episodes came in the early 90s and their first season was in New York and then the other season was in LA. And it was around that time I was just thinking, you know what, I love that show, I'd love to be on that show. If I can't be on that show, I'm gonna somehow try to recreate that life Uh, because I'd never really been outside of Minneapolis in my whole life until I went to college. So uh, packed up my stuff and moved to New York uh, with a buddy of mine who's who's game to, to move out here as well. Um, and, you know, just spent some time uh, doing some odd jobs. I delivered furniture for a while and just sending out resumes, resumes, resumes. And then within four months, I had an interview at Turner Broadcasting uh, for an entry-level job uh, in advertising sales and uh, was hired there. Um, and I tell people, you know, I work from 8 a.m. to 6 o'clock at night, and then I spent 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night figuring out what I was doing, because uh, so I had no television uh, experience, uh, but met some great people there, people that I'm still friends with today, uh, so enjoyed my time there, and then I accepted a, a marketing sponsorship position uh, at Discovery Networks uh, and worked there for six years and just worked my way up the, the corporate ladder at, uh, at Discovery. So I uh, had some really good uh, corporate experience that I, uh, that I gained prior to starting, uh, starting Ultimate Hoops that would prove to be very helpful uh, when I started New Age. And so within the whole corporate landscape, and I can attest to this as well, this is really when you started playing in corporate leagues um, mm-hmm. and you know, playing hoops all over the city. Uh, I think that gave you the foundation to develop you know, something, a better experience for yourself. And, Tell us about how you came to the idea of Ultimate Hoops um, and, and creating a, and tailoring an experience for the players. Yeah, absolutely. So you're exactly right, Eric. I, when I wasn't working 
uh, on the weekends, I'd be playing pickup basketball uh, on the courts in New York. My favorite court to play on was on 11th Street between 1st Avenue, 1st and 2nd Avenue. It's behind the school. There was a court there. Um, it's how I met my friends there as well. My buddy and I played basketball, meet a lot of different people there. So great pickup ball runs. And then I played on the Discovery corporate basketball team. And we had games at Basketball City at Chelsea Piers. Um, and that was really where I had the first initial idea uh, for Ultimate Hoops because, you know, I was, and this is nothing against Chelsea Piers, it was a great league, uh, but I was really underwhelmed uh, by the experience. You know, I wanted my recreational basketball experience to be more than just a 60-minute game one day a week. Um, you know, I wanted to be like the pros. I wanted to wake up the next day and review my box scores and stats. I wanted to watch post-game interviews. I wanted to see power rankings come out during the week. I wanted to build a trash talk with people online. So I just had the idea, like, there's got to be a better way a better way to do this. So I really just sat with that uh, idea. I didn't really do a lot with it. I just had that playing in my mind. And then I had a couple of personal tragedies that happened to me. Uh, I lost both of my parents uh, within a year of each other. My dad passed away on July 5th of 2001. And then I lost a buddy on 9-11 who worked at Cannon Fitzgerald. Uh, and then my mom passed away a year later. Uh, both suddenly. So those three things really made me reassess what I wanted to do with my life. I was very happy at Discovery Channel, but um, my dad was a massive basketball fan. Uh, my buddy who passed away on 9-11 was also a big basketball fan as well. And this ultimate hoops idea kept, uh, kept coming back into my mind. So I decided, you know, I'm going to take some time off. I'm really going to put some thought around UH and try and make this uh, make this come to life. And, uh, spent a year traveling and then came back to Minneapolis and said, okay, it's time to do this. Let's see if this UH thing can work. So you're back in Minneapolis and you're looking for probably gyms to get this kickstarted. Were there a couple local gyms where you, you know, had a couple teams uh, and, and started with a men's league? How, how did that all uh, shape uh, shape out? Yeah, so we started Ultimate Hoops officially in March of 2006 here in Minneapolis. Um, and we rented a local gym here uh, to run games out of. Um, I created flyers and I just started hanging up anywhere I could across Minneapolis apartment, my apartment building that I lived in. Um, I'd actually go to uh, other rec leagues that were happening in the city, and I would sneak up with flyers and I'd put them in everybody's windshield wiper uh, in the parking lot. Uh, just real grassroots uh, effort to get the league uh, get the league off the ground. Um, we had our first game on March 28, 2006, and we had six teams that signed up for our first season. Uh, we had to throw a team out after week two because they started a fight. And then we're down to five teams, um, but the players immediately uh, loved the products. Um, the feedback I heard the most from players in the league were like, you know, I, I, was, I would send the website to my buddies the next day or my parents and they'd write back and say, is this real? Like, are the stats real? Because at that time, there was nothing like that out there. And the biggest thing that helped it grow is just the word of mouth, like people sending their box, out, box scores out. Um, and then we grew rapidly. We went from six teams to 45 teams in less than a year. 
Um, and I just couldn't take any more uh, capacity because I didn't find enough gym space. And during that time, Lifetime was looking for uh, businesses that they could acquire, acquire that were different. Um, our, our CEO and founder, Brown McCrady, uh, is a true visionary, and he saw the impact that boutique businesses were going to have on the large-scale fitness clubs. So he wanted to get out ahead of that and uh, acquire businesses that had a real unique experience. Um, and Ultimate Hoops and us definitely stood out to him as as being one of those uh, one of those businesses. So uh, we did Ultimate Hoops on our own, and then we were acquired by Lifetime in May of 2008, and then really spent the first five years expanding our ultimate hoops league from Minneapolis to the 30 different markets that lifetimes in uh, across the country. And every market was the same. They loved the experience. Uh, the reception was good to, uh, good to the product and they loved playing on the lifetime court. So it's just been a great, great experience ever since. That's really interesting. You know, and I can, uh, you know, having seen it firsthand, the experience for the players, you know, it, it is really, really high level. Nothing else offers that. Uh, in terms of adult and recreational leagues. When you were getting started, what were some of the things, so you mentioned box scores and stats, what were some of the things that you were sending out to the players that really got them interested and started getting um, you know, some good momentum for the company? Yeah, yeah, good question. So the stats were definitely uh, a key component to that. Just be able to track and see how your personal performance was happening um, during the season. But I think the biggest impact that it had was the power rankings and also the post-game interviews that we were doing after games. Um, and, I, and I've told this story uh, to a few people is, you know, I knew Ultimate Hoops was going to be big uh, within the first two seasons that we did the Ultimate Hoops League because we introduced post-game interviews after our second season. And I remember talking to Mary, my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, um, who's my wife now. And I said, I'm going to start doing post-game interviews. And I knew that, well, two things were going to happen. I was going to go up to a player after the game, and they're going to look at me and be like, what are you doing? I'm playing rec basketball. Why do you want to interview me after my game right now? Or the other, other outcome was going to be they were going to start talking like, LeBron and Kobe, like on TNT, and start putting out all the basketball vernacular and anything you hear in a post game interview. And by far, it was the second scenario. Like they loved the microphone, they loved talking like a professional. And I remember driving home that night and I had like tears in my eyes. And I was talking to Mary and I said, Ultimate Hoops is going to be huge. That's the moment. People are bought into this, they get the experience. Um, and that's really proved to be the biggest part. And then that just launched our online community with people talking uh, back and forth. So that was, that was the biggest piece. And it, it plays right into you know, your guys' core philosophy, which is to treat every recreational sports participant like a professional. Um, you know, I've seen what you guys are doing now with the amount of content that you're putting out. Talk a little bit about um, you know, what you're using. I know you do some live streams, um, what tech you're looking at. Uh, and then we'll get to the national championship piece in, the, in a few, because I do want to chat through that as well. Yeah. So we're, we are doing a lot more uh, live streaming, of not necessarily games, but we're doing uh, a lot of uh, post-game interviews are all live streaming, primarily on uh, Facebook Live right now. Um, but we are looking to do, there's just, I mean, with PlaySite and a little bit else, uh, other people out there, there's just 
so much great technology that can be leveraged to really even enhance their experience uh, even more. So we're always looking at options to raise uh, raise that experience as well. So, you know, for us, it's we're always looking at how can we uh, make the experience better? Uh, how can we uh, raise our technology, whether it be through social channels or could it be a standalone uh, channel that we create for UH uh, with partnering with someone like PlaySite or someone else really bring that experience to life, not only for our leads, but for our training business, which has been growing rapidly uh, in the last two or three years as well. How can we apply some of that technology to kids and coaches and trainers to enhance their experience uh, on the court from a training perspective? Sure, sure. And so give give us for the listeners a little bit of background on how the league works. Is it a fall, winter, spring, summer? Um, I know there's a national championship event. How does what's the structure of the league? Yeah, so our leagues run all year round. So we have four seasons a year. Uh, our winter season runs uh, January through through March, springs April through June, July, uh, summers July through September, and then the winters October through December. So we always have uh, leagues happening. Uh, the seasons, there's eight regular season games, and then there's two weeks of playoffs. Uh, so these are constantly happening throughout the year. And then we also offer two national tournaments uh, a year as well. We want, offer one in Las Vegas uh, in May, and that's for uh, teams that can put together their, their, their England Grand UH team there, or they can create these all-star uh, teams that they create out of the regions to send them to the, to the national tournament as well. So we do one in Vegas, and then we do one in New York in August uh, as well. And as we add more lifetimes uh, across the country, we'll be adding more national tournaments uh, as well. A location that I'm really excited about is our uh, club coming in Miami in a couple of years. That will probably be our next place that we'll do, uh, do a national tournament as well. So, um, all you have to be is a lifetime fitness membership. You don't have to try out to be in the league. Uh, you can be as good as Kobe Bryant, or you can be as good as me, and we'll find a place for you to play in the league. That, that's awesome. And the, the the national championship events, I think that's actually the first time I met you was August 2017 at the national championship event at the New York City location. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. I know you really cultivate an experience for the players and the teams that are coming in. What goes into that? Um, what does that look like for the players? Yeah, so we like true to our true to our mission to keeping uh, treating all of our players like professional. Um, we try to make our tournaments more than just playing games and playing a tournament. So we'll have our tournaments have games that'll start Saturday morning and then run through Sunday as well. But we always add a uh, red carpet event the the night before uh, for players to meet talk to the media, uh, talk to players that have come in from across the country. Uh, we, you know, have a few drinks some music. Uh, we make it real, uh, very similar to as much as we can to an all-star weekend uh, in the NBA. Um, and then we usually do a night uh, event after the national tournament as well. So for us, like I said, it's more than just basketball. We try to make it a true on-court, off-court experience to keep them totally immersed in the entire weekend. Uh, whether they're at Sky or uh, off the court as well. So it's something that we've taken uh, great pride in. Uh, it's something that um, people kind of scratch their heads when we said we want to do a red carpet event for a basketball tournament. 
again, it was similar to the uh, to the moment of when we had post game interviews. Hard players going to feel walking the red carpet and have taken their photos, and they loved it. So it's just something that we're trying to enhance every single year to make it more special for them. And for the listeners, you know, we're talking about some pretty high level basketball. You know, I, I was looking through some of the past championship teams, and I noticed. Mike Bibby, Terrell Suggs, Robert Swift, you know, former pro players. Um, talk a little bit about how those guys get involved. And um, also, are they the best team that you've ever seen in the league? <laughs> the, uh, the Terrell Suggs team? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, Terrell is, um, you know, he's a great guy. Obviously, he's an amazing football player, but I, I, he loves basketball even more than football. And he loves everything about, Designing team, designing their team's uniforms, and managing the team, and uh, he's also hyper competitive. So he always has the best players on his team, from uh, from Mike Bibby, and uh, he's he's got some overseas guys uh, on the squad as well. So he's he's great. Uh, Charles a great uh, great person to have involved in the league. Um, but you know, as far as the high level guys playing, you know, we've had. You know, Penny Hardaway's played in the league. Akeem Olajuwon's played in a few games. Uh, we've had a lot of really good talent play in the league. And it's funny, Eric, we've never really promoted our league to the professionals. Um, it's just happened that way because our focus has never been on the 1% of the competition who can really play at a high level. It's always been to the average Joe, the players like me, and how can we really make that experience great to the basketball geeks as well, like myself? And a byproduct of that has been these professionals seeing that, wow, this is a really great league. The competition is great. Uh, the facilities are great. It's going to be a great experience. It's going to be super organized. So really, that's just been a byproduct of us trying to create the greatest basketball experience out there that the pros want to in and play as well. Without a doubt. And, for, you know, for those who want to learn more, I, I highly suggest going to the website and checking out the, the high level of statistics and, um, you know, career stats that each player within the league has. It's, it's an awesome experience. Um, I want to talk about also the, the relationship with Lifetime. And, um, you know, I know you guys are opening up more and more gyms each year. I think I thought I saw on the website, maybe you guys are in 110 total gyms now. There's five new locations opening up in New York. Um, how, you know, you've, you've must, you've seen a, a significant amount of growth throughout the past few years is ultimate hoops incorporated into each location that has basketball courts opening up. Yes. Yep. So we have uh, rough and tumble. We have 151 lifetimes across the country, but you're spot on 110, 111, 11 of them have basketball courts in them. So those are the clubs that we're, we're hyper focused on. Uh, and yes, if they have basketball courts as part of the build out, they will have ultimate groups, adult leagues, they'll have our ultimate groups uh, training that's, uh, that's going on as well. So uh, any club that has a basketball court will have ultimate groups uh, services in it. And we've been blessed that Lifetime's really expanded into um, some new markets uh, over the last two or three years. It has been exciting to get basketball going there um, when we didn't have UH before. Um, and then looking at our roadmap of where Lifetime is going in the next two or three years, uh, we're going to be in even new, uh, a couple new markets. I can't really talk about them yet, but two, two or three major markets that we've had our eye on for a while that we're going to have a presence in in the next two or three years that we're really excited about. 
That's great. And I know, you know, being a business traveler myself, uh, whenever I'm in a city that has a lifetime location, I love stopping in, getting work at and shooting some hoops. It's, it's really, it's, it's a great experience. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to pivot to the New York City Sky location, um, you know, selfishly, because that's the one that I belong to. Uh, yeah. But there's been some legendary pickup games there. Um, we're talking LeBron, Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Um, I'm assuming you've probably seen a couple of these. Uh, what's the best pickup game performance you've ever seen? You know, it could be at Lifetime or, or some of the other locations where you've seen some top level players. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you can't touch what happened in the summer of 2017 when uh, Carmelo. Uh, decided to do his runs at, at Lifetime Sky. So, uh, you know, Carmelo's presence there has just been incredible for us. So he was there when we opened the club in summer of 2016. He was there for the grand opening night. Um, got to talk with him a little bit. He was super excited about it. Uh, he's good friends with the Monahan family who built the Sky uh, apartments that the Lifetime Sky Club is located in. Um, he had his logo there, you know, and I thought, you know, talking to Carmelo is like, okay, this is probably a, a nice PR opportunity for you to have your logo here, but we're never going to see you here, right? You know, we get it. Um, but it was just the opposite. Like, he, the following summer, was like, no, I want to play games on this court. So, you know, he called Chris Brickley. Uh, Chris would organize these runs. And at first it was Carmelo... Um, and a couple of college guys, high-level guys played, and then it just grew and grew and grew. And then it really, the apex of these runs happens around fashion. Uh, and that's when, you know, LeBron and Westbrook and Harden and all those guys were there. So I would say to answer your question, probably the best pickup ball run I saw was in that September of 2017, where it was Harden and it was LeBron. And, uh, and these guys were playing hard, too. Like they're, they were not just there to like play around because um, you had Aaron Gordon there who was really trying to check LeBron hard. And it was really, really fun to watch. I mean, I can't explain it just to see them up close. And from the perspective of I've been so used to watching recreational players play on that court and then you see professionals play on there, you just see how amazing they are and how much better they are than, uh, than the recreational basketball players. Without a doubt. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a once in a lifetime experience for most to see that level of, you know, an assortment of talent um, in inside of one gym. So it's a, it's a special place. It, it really is. Um, I want to, I want to pivot into, you know, the current climate that we're in now with COVID um, you know, obviously it's had an effect on um, everybody's business. You know, how has ultimate hoops and lifetime uh, pivoted a bit, you know, I know you've launched uh, the U-Lab, which I'm going to let you talk about here um, as an online basketball training resource. You know, what, are you guys have been, what have you guys been up to? Yeah, well, I mean, like every uh, health and fitness or anything that involves sports, contact sports, especially like basketball, it's been tough. Um, you know, it's, our clubs have been closed uh, now for almost a month. Uh, we are having a few clubs reopen starting this week, so that's uh, that's exciting. So, you know, when our clubs closed on March 17th across the country, we huddled up as a team here in the Ultimate Hoops team and said, okay, what what are we going to do? Let's pull up our roadmap that we've been working on for the next two or three years, and, and we assess that. 
and it's funny, I think a lot of companies are going through this as well, is um, priorities that may have been you know, looked at as a 12-month project out, some may get pulled in the very top. And the ULAB has been on our, on our roadmap for the last year or two, but we've been so busy and lifetime's been going so quickly that we've been so focused on hiring trainers and building out our on-court uh, experience. This momentary pause in the business allowed us to start pushing the ULAB out um, because we still wanted to provide as much value to our lifetime members around basketball as we could during this, this time. So we've been pushing out that content. Um, it's still very, very new. Uh, but the, the initial response from our members has been fantastic. We're getting notes back like, thank you. My son or daughter has been looking for things to do uh, during this time. And once we open Lifetime back up, the ULAB will just be a great supplemental uh, off-court experience to what they're doing on the court as well. So we just push it up on the priority list and push it out uh, ahead of everything else. And it's been a great, uh, great success so far. That's awesome. Yeah, I got a chance to, to check it out myself. And you know, as everybody's moved to doing things more digitally, you know, having resources like that um, to train is, is a great experience for all. Uh, yeah. Looking at, at Ultimate Hoops and into the future, um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are looking at from a tech standpoint, um, from a content standpoint, you know, looking three, five, ten years ahead? Um, what does that look like for Ultimate Hoops? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we... What we try to do is always keep an eye on some of the new technology that the NBA is leveraging or NBA teams that are leveraging. And we see, does that make sense for our business uh, as well? Because, you know, the NBA obviously has a pulse on the latest technology. And it also ties into our mission of treating people like professionals. If the NBA is going to get that experience, we want to bring that experience to our members here uh, at Lifetime. As well, so it's always keeping uh, one eye on the current trends. Um, for us, we'd love to be able to add more video technology uh, to our youth training that we have going on, uh, so our trainers can actually, similar to the U Lab, have them here on the court, but also uh, recording their workouts and sending them supplemental video workouts for them to do afterward as well. So. I mentioned before, similar to we didn't want to make our league experience a one-day-a-week experience. We want our training to be a full seven-day-a-week experience as well. So their 60-minute on-court session may just be one part of their training program. They may also get videos sent to them virtually uh, on Thursday or Fridays or during the weekend, showing them how to actually supplement the things that they're doing on the court uh, as well. So when we look at video, Eric, it's not just to... Uh, show games of our adult leagues, which we think would be great, but it's really bringing a whole 360 holistic view on what we can do across all of our uh, basketball services within that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as things start to open back up, you know, from, from our side, we are seeing quite a few facilities interested in the live streaming tech just because there might not be able to be fans in the immediate future. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how a lot of this, uh, you know, stuff shakes out over the next few months and years. Yeah, um, especially, I mean, you're exactly right. If we're going to see however long these social distancing things play out, um, bringing a uh, virtual experience or video experience to a lot of competitions, not just basketball, um, is a big opportunity for, for PlaySite and others um, for them to really uh, showcase their technology and deliver 
deliver sports in a, in, a, in a different way that hasn't been delivered before. And that, that feeds right into my next question. You guys have had great success with Ultimate Hoops. I mean, that is a, a full-on brand now. Are there other sports that you're considering looking at? And you might not be able to even answer this, uh, but are there other sports you guys are, are looking at, you know, in, in launching a vertical into? Yeah, so we, we launched uh, Lifetime. It's, called Life, it's well, still called Lifetime Sport uh, a couple of years ago here at Lifetime. And it's been primarily focused heavily on soccer. Um, we have a, we actually acquired the Minnesota Vikings practice facility a couple of years ago when they built their new place and we're doing uh, lifetime soccer out of, uh, out of that location as well. We also have a small indoor uh, soccer field at our new location we built here in Edina as well, in lifetime Edina as well. So uh, we are definitely looking at broader sports to get into. Uh, we've been looking at volleyball. Uh, baseball, um, you know, as many sports that we can get our hands around, we think there's a great opportunity for us because of the facilities that we can build. Uh, you mentioned before the brand recognition that we have, the experience that we can create for uh, youth and adult members. So yeah, we're looking very, very broadly at um, how can we apply the success of what we've done to ultimate groups to other sports uh, as well. So uh, more news coming down on that front probably in the next uh, three or four months. That's that's very exciting. Um, yeah. lo looking back on your career, Alan, who and it might not just be one person, but who has been the, the biggest uh, help in your career in, the, in a mentor type of role? Uh, God, great question. You know, I would say, you know, if you want to go all the way back, it would probably be my father. Uh, you know, growing up, I was incredibly lucky to have a childhood that I had. I had two amazing, supportive, loving parents. Uh, my dad was very blue collar. Uh, and, you know, I, in the fall, he would always uh, wake me up at 5 a.m. and I'd have to go cut wood uh, with him. And it was hard. I was miserable. I'd be crying because I wanted to watch cartoons and he would drag me out to the, to the woods to cut wood. And, um, I remember when I was an adult, I thanked him. I said, thank you for doing that and, sent, and dragging me out when I was a kid to cut wood because it really instilled a strong work ethic in me. And he just looked at me kind of funny. He's like, well, I just want to hang out with you. Like, that wasn't my intent. So uh, definitely my dad. Um, and then, you know, from a business perspective, uh, Tom Redman, I think, has been a huge influence on me. He's the founder of Aussie Shampoo. Uh, met him when I was here in Minneapolis, still, still chat with him today to, um, and just his journey on how he built awesome shampoo and that brand to a global brand. Uh, he just, you know, he taught me, um, his phrase is always, if you're not different, you're dead. Uh, and I think about that all the time in such a competitive landscape that we're in and every new service that we do, we always ask, is it different? Is it different? Can we be different than what's out there today, too? So those two people have definitely had the biggest impact on me from a, from a business perspective. And, and that quote speaks, I mean, directly to the type of service that you guys provide of the differentiation. Um, I, I, you know, I, I play and currently play in a couple men's leagues here in the city. Um, hope, looking forward to getting back on the court. But 
you know, the experience is you show up, you play a game and that's it. There's not really much in between, you know, there's not much interaction with anybody except for your teammates. And, uh, you know, you, you might, you might get a box score at the end and that's about it. Um, yeah. so, you know, it speaks to the, the, the level of commitment and service that you're providing. Um, you know, what, what advice would you give? There's a lot of people who are basketball fans. I think the sport is, you know, at its peak popularity in the world right now. What advice would you give somebody who wants to get into a career in basketball? Yeah, you know, I would say, first of all, you have to love the game. Um, you have to love uh, everything about it, uh, from watching the game to how a game is actually put together. Uh, from a business perspective, like I said, knowing what the competitive landscape looks like, understanding what the latest basketball trends are, keep a really sharp eye on consumer habits and how people are consuming sports and consuming basketball. Um, you basically have to be completely consumed by the game 24 hours a day and not just watching basketball, but the whole thing, whole business piece. Like you have to be obsessed with it. And you have to be obsessed with the customer service end as well. Um, I tell people a lot, like, I don't think Ultimate Hoops would have been successful if I was a very good competitive basketball player. Because I would have been focused on getting the best players in the league and driving competition and driving volume, which I think the majority of recreational leagues are, where I was always had the lens of Ultimate Hoops. Like, how can I make myself, who's not a great basketball player, feel like a professional? So um, having that perspective, um, wanting to give your customers a really amazing experience, I think is really, those things all combined together is what I would say to people, if you want to get into basketball, you have to love all of it. Absolutely. Are, are you still getting to get out on the court and uh, are, are you playing in any leagues yourself? Do you, do you have a team? I am. So I was, uh, we were playing and I joined our over 35 and over league here in Minneapolis at our newly Dyna Club. And our team was like undefeated. We were getting ready to start the playoffs and then COVID hit. So I don't know if we're gonna be able to make up these games, hopefully well, or make the playoffs. But yeah, I started to play uh, much more basketball. Uh, again, I'm trying to live, to our, live up to our never retire mantra that we have. And I'm really loving the game of basketball again. I think there was a time where I tried to play you know, five, six years ago, and I couldn't really separate myself from playing on the court without looking at, like, what can be better? How can we improve it? I couldn't shut that part off and just enjoy the game. Um, but now that I'm getting older uh, and we have such amazing people who run the leagues better than I could anyways, it's just allowed me to just enjoy the game again. Yeah. Um, so to, to that point, are, are you a, a Timberwolves fan? I know that, you know, the facilities are connected um, you grew up in Minnesota, or did the Knicks, you know, take your fandom when you when you were here? I definitely got pulled into being a Knicks fan uh, when I was in New York, and I, I even loved the Knicks before I moved to New York. So I mentioned the real world was a pull to New York. The Knicks were kind of a pull uh, as well during that time. I loved the the Knicks team, the '92 team that had Xavier McDaniel on it. It's still probably my favorite basketball team uh, of all time as well. So I love the Knicks. I also love the Timberwolves as well. Uh, I have uh, some great friends who work for the Timberwolves organization. They're literally right across the street from us, so I see them all the time. Uh, and I'm hoping that uh, the Timberwolves can turn it around. Uh, they made some great, uh, great hires in the last two or three years. 
you know, with Ethan leading their executive team and Ryan Tank, they have a lot of talent in the front office there, and I think that they're slowly going to turn things around. So I'm really optimistic and excited for the finish. We're we're excited too. We we recently installed uh, in the practice facility, so we're you know we're excited to watch that team grow. They have you know obviously two young studs now, and uh, you know I think a, a very bright future. And yes. You you mentioned the '92 Knicks. You know naturally, I'm gonna ask a question about the MJ doc that's currently airing the, the last <laughs> dance. Um, how much are you enjoying that Sunday nights for two hours? You know, what are your thoughts? Dude, I love it. I love it. I mean, it was getting so hyped. I was worried that it wasn't going to live up uh, to the expectations, but even how they're doing the intros where they show a little bit and then they show the credits and the music that kicks in. I'm like, it's such a cinematic masterpiece on how they pieced all this together it's it's like unlike anything i've ever seen and all the additional footage that they're getting uh i think last week we had behind the scenes of the all-star game in 1998 that i've never seen before um and you know listen i michael jordan to me is probably i probably hate him the most and i hate him the most because of all the pain he caused me as a Knicks fan <laughs> you know um so it's it's Hard to, it's hard not to appreciate Michael after watching this. So it's just been amazing to watch. And I think all of us are going to be like, I don't want it to end. Like, I wish this was a 20-part series and not a 10-part series. So it's, it's been fantastic. Totally. I know we're, uh, you know, coming down the stretch, only four episodes left. I'm feeling the same way. Dude, um, what are we going to do after that? I mean, <laughs> if there's no basketball or sports happening, it's like, are we just going to have to re-watch this? I know. I know. I know. I don't watch that much golf, but I did see a, uh, a Tiger and Phil Mickelson match uh, just announced for May 24th. So I think that might be the next uh, big Ooh. event that we're all that we're all watching. Um, <laughs> speaking of watching things, what are you watching right now? Netflix, movies, other podcasts you're listening to? Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of television. Uh, you know, I'll. I'll watch some of the Bravo shows that my wife watches, uh, New York Housewives, Below Deck, Mediterranean. I'm a huge Survivor fan, so I do watch uh, Survivor as well. Uh, I also listen to uh, a ton of podcasts. Uh, I'm excited for you guys with the Edge podcast. That's definitely going to be on my must-subscribe-to list. Um, I listen to just mostly a lot of business uh, podcasts. Uh, How I Built This, uh, NPR's podcast. Um, Bill Simmons obviously is a must, must listen to uh, as well. So yeah, I I try to uh, go on at least a four or five mile run uh, every day, and that's really my time to listen to podcasts and get focused for the day. So I'm a big fan. Agreed. I listen to a few of those as well. And you guys have your own podcast as well. Uh, Ultimate Hoops does. We do. Yep. We're actually going to do our uh, an episode today, probably right when I hang up with you guys today. So it's been on hiatus for a little bit as we kind of navigated the, the COVID waters, but we're bringing it back today. Um, and we're going to experiment with uh, sh- uh, shooting it live, either on Facebook Live or Zoom, and then uh, repurposing the audio into a, uh, into a podcast uh, as well. So um, I... Tony, some of the podcasts that I listen to, if they have a video component, I'll watch the, the video component as well. So um, I like that that balance of, it's funny. I never thought before podcasts and all this came out that I would actually spend 
an hour and a half watching two people talk on YouTube, but it's mesmerizing. I don't know. I love it. So the body language. No, I, I feel the same way. Um, yeah. Well, Alan, how can our listeners connect with you if they want to reach out? Are there social handles they can reach out to? What's the, what's the best way to get in contact? Yeah, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm probably the most active on Instagram. That's at Alan Arlt, A-L-A-N-A-R-L-T. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn if you want to reach out uh, on that channel, if you have more of a uh, business inquiry or, or question that I know or that you have. Um, and then I also have my website, alanarlt.com as well. And that's really just a, a more broader perspective of my business background. Um, I do write a few blog articles on there on the recreational fitness industry as well. So those are, those are the main places to reach out. Awesome. Well, Alan, we appreciate you coming on the edge today. Um, I hope to see you out on a court, you know, at a lifetime location soon. And, you know, again, to all the listeners, um, I highly recommend checking out this league. It's unbelievably well run uh, and you will not regret it. I appreciate it, Eric. When, they, when our Sky Club opens again, I'll be out to New York. You're going to come down to Sky. I'm going to shoot around and uh, bring basketball, bring basketball back. So uh, congratulations on the launch of the Edge podcast. It's going to be amazing, and I can't wait to listen to it and uh, share it with everybody. So congrats. Thanks so much, Alan. It's a pleasure having you on today, um, and, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Edge. You can catch us on social media at PlaySite on both Twitter and Instagram. That's at P-L-A-Y-S-I-G-H-T. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you get a chance, please subscribe and rate this podcast. Big thanks to our partners, the Sport Lifestyle Network. We'll catch you next time on The Edge.